Hello, welcome to another weekly news uh, about Azure on Azure Centric. My name is Marcos Nogueira. With me, I have Andrew Lowe's, uh, the the dream team, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's our dream team. That's it's our sure. dream team. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Um, it's been an awesome week. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I see that you guys like our last podcast and because of that thank you so much it's it's never it's humbles me a lot uh and i think uh, uh, andrew as well will agree with me that the the success that you guys making this podcast we just provide our passion we provide our knowledge and 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 everything regarding our experience on azure to these news to these updates uh, we are not here to announce anything um they are microsoft already did it and they, they have their mechanisms to do it we are only here to just comment uh, those uh, updates and make that as a bridge between what is they announce and how they can impact your organization so as you can imagine today um we have a smaller podcast or at least that's the goal <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I was really impressed. We had uh, lots of uh, kind of involvement on last week's podcast. Yes. And it was really big. Um, it was. A little bit big. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this week is a lot more manageable, which is nice because then we get to kind of think about some of these uh, releases a little bit more deeply, right? Yeah. We can actually talk about them. Exactly. And, and we can, it can give a little bit more in depth of our experience regarding those because weeks like or podcasts like last week, it was it was really excited for us with all of those plus forty new um, new updates. But it's not reasonable for us just going on that on on that in this case on those topics, uh, exactly. and that's and that's the part that I, I like a little bit less, so we can provide a little bit more insight about those. And that's the part that I like. So this week we have not a big podcast. It's or at least is not expecting that. Um, let's let's see how it goes with conversation. So once again, thank you for listening. Uh, if you don't subscribe, help us grow a little bit more. Help us share the content. So if you like this, uh, give a thumbs up. Just leave a comment below if you want to address any of those topics. We've been receiving a few on a few podcasts, a lot of the comments like saying, wow, I didn't expect that Azure was uh, growing that fast and, and all of those comments. I'm, uh, we are addressing the comments as, as we can because we got a lot of comments, good comments about that and interesting ones. Um, but if you have any question, or if you want to see any podcast um, about that, we have some surprises coming up uh, for the even on end of this year and the, the new year. So stay tuned. Uh, and to stay tuned, just click on the bell um, and then you can you can see all the updates that we are releasing. Um, yep. That's important to get those notifications because we exactly. have something tied to that coming up. Yeah. And uh, it'll be uh, it'll be fun. It right. will be fun. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to give anything away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we shouldn't. It's Christmas. It's, we it's, can't spoil the surprise. Exactly. <laughs>
Oh, we can. We just can't. <laughs> we can't. We can't. But that's okay. Um, another thing that I want to announce that you probably didn't see it. Um, just go to the YouTube channel. Um, for example, if you are listening this through your podcast, to your device, or on your car, or car, I don't think it's appropriate right now with this all of this COVID. But if you are listening in whatever you want to listen to us, um, just go to the YouTube channel. Uh, I release some some. I start to release those concept series talking about a little bit more depth about some of the concepts. And the idea is that is just go depth on those concepts. I starting to do that. Um, I got email saying, yeah, please keep going. Um, and I might do one or two tutorials just to see if you guys like it. Uh, I know that Azure Tracks does a lot of good tutorials. Um, it was one of the things that I like about that, especially on the on the the one that I did see and I highly recommend is regarding the invoicing and the and the billing. Uh, mm. Very interesting. I'm not here to copy anything that that Azure Track does, but um, it's just complementing each other, right? Absolutely. Actually, and that's that's a that was a fun one I did because um, we do get a lot of questions when we're on client sites or just yeah. talking with clients um, about invoicing. Why is this invoice so tough to understand? Why are these codes in Egyptian when uh, I'm in Canada? Uh, <laughs> Egyptian is awesome. Well, you know, the Microsoft works really hard, and sometimes they substitute a hieroglyphics font instead of, uh, you know, sans serif or something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that said, um, I'm I've, I'm really uh, looking forward to some more of, of your uh, your concepts and your fundamentals uh, walkthroughs because. Um, you know, as our listeners may have picked up on, um, you were part of, uh, you know, a good uh, ignition for me. Um, you really got me interested in a lot of Azure things. And uh, you, I think, will rub off on a lot of other people who are either just getting into the IT industry or maybe they've become a little bit, uh, I don't know what the word is, stale. Uh, and it's where I think of I was. That's why I used that word stale. Um, because sometimes we get stuck and it's hard to be able to kind of see, work, what, you know, what can I do that's more fun? And uh, as you know, I think like you said last week, our last episode was maybe the most joking episode that we had. Uh, we were always <laughs> laughing about something. Yes. But why not have fun? We can work, we can do the podcast, and we can have fun doing it. And we can have fun doing all of these things with uh, Microsoft Cloud and Azure Computing. Absolutely. And, uh, I think with that, thank you, of course, to all of our uh, listeners and uh, everybody kind of tuning in. Check out Azure Centric. Uh, yeah. Marcos does an amazing job of sharing his knowledge. So please check him out and definitely click for the notifications because his videos are pretty cool. Yeah. That said, That's you it. have something that we should talk about, I think, right? Yeah. Let's start our podcast, uh, basically. So Event Ups on Azure Stack is now GA. So this is pretty cool. I like always, and we were talking before, um, just starting this podcast about IoT and, and all of that. And mm -hmm. this is very tied to that. Um, it's the IoT app that is on Azure Stack and allows, in this case, the uh, what Satya mentioned of the um, 
Azure, uh, in this case, the intelligent uh, edge to be mm -hmm. able to do it. So Event Hubs is the way that you can stream your, um, your information through that. Uh, usually, um, it was able only to stream through the cloud. And now you can do it on-prem through the Azure Stack Hub, right? And then connect that to other ones. Because what's the importance over here is if you have a peripheral of devices, if you want to use event apps, for example, for Streamline, you need to connect one device to Azure. It's like one-to-one. Mm -hmm. -one. Over here to centralize everything, it's probably simpler to just connect that device to this event, to the, this Azure Stack app, and from there, connecting directly. So it increases a little bit the performance, it increases a little bit the security as well, because now you don't need that device, you don't need to be too much cautious uh, of having that device connecting directly to the internet, right? Um, yeah, that's, it's far superior, I think, because now it doesn't have to, like you said, go out over internet. We we can uh, we can transit over the VPN connection or uh, through uh, what's the thing I'm trying to think of, Marcos? Express route. Yes. Uh, right. So we can go direct into our Azure tenant instead of out through public access. Yeah. So uh, way more secure, but also a lot more flexible. It is. It is flexible. Um, there are lots of of, of Things that you can do it with with event apps now that they are uh, that you can have it on prem. So you can you can do that and just basically when you connect into the cloud, they already kind of being streamed. So they are they have some kind of processes um, on the edge, like like Satya said, the the intelligent edge that you can have it because we're starting to see that it's a lot of information that, that you are pushing out. And by doing that, you have a lot of telemetry that you can have directly response over there on site. It's way faster than allows you to go to the clouds and come back. And then you have like, like costs associated with that, bandwidth and all of that. So it's, 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 it's a good um, way that, that Azure Stack, in this case, uh, Azure Stack app is now having one more service that makes totally sense for the IoT world. Absolutely. Yeah. So we have um, kind of an IoT or an edge focus almost uh, this week. I noticed a bit of a theme. Yes. <laughs> yes. So last, <laughs> last week we had just everything. Yeah. Um, Basically the entire, had... the entire Azure decides to, oh, let's, <laughs> let's make those two fellas talk a lot. <laughs> well, I think it was more like let's get something done in December, so then we can take the rest of the month off, maybe. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah. hey, I mean, I'd jump on that ship if it was around too. <laughs> True, and 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 if you know Microsoft, Microsoft the fiscal year is July, June, right? Mm -hmm. And December is right in the middle, is when they exactly. switch over to the second semester. And so ends a lot of things. Ends the quarter, the second quarter, ends the the, 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 the semester. They are beginning the new semester, beginning the, the new year, beginning the new quarter. Uh, the third quarter in this case, uh, uh, the FY21, right? Mm -hmm. And that they have right now. So in a lot of things, um, we, we didn't expect 
because we know that sometimes they push a lot of things but it was a nice surprise this one right now talking about uh, IOT and continuing our our path on that IOT Azure uh, IOT Central this is updates that is a little bit strange but it's November 2020 update although yeah. they release it in December exactly so it, it's interesting because i remember it was last week or the week before yeah uh we saw the october 2020 update released into ga yeah so that was still i think end of november start of december so now we're seeing november yeah uh, kind of playing a bit of catch up but this is usually behind that's yeah. really normal right yeah the part that i like about these updates they are basically two things that uh, i want to to highlight one of them is if you are familiar with IoT Central and if you're playing alone and if you have those uh, boards that you can that you can have that you can even buy the Azure Sphere or the the, the older boards, right? I oh, know I thought that I might have one. I have one. I don't know where it is mine. Uh, that I'm playing a lot with that. Um, if you are familiar with that, now IoT. Uh, central is is support the, what's called the IoT plug and play, so you can have different devices that they are certified. You just play over, the, just plug them, and automatically you can play with them. One of them is the is the board set we got. I think I bring one to you or a few to you, right? The other one is the uh, is the Azure Sphere one that you can do a little bit more. They have some sensors. That you can that you can work with. The other highlight that I want to bring on this is now uh, because of the peripheral of all of these devices and persons like me, for example, that they are testing, they are not leveraging production devices. We only send a few messages, and usually the the tier that they have it was the tier one, right, um, on the Azure Central. And the, you you were included the 5,000 message, but I never reached the 5,000 message that I'm sending. So right now they reduce that. They create what's called the ST0 tier. That is basically $1 per device per year. Fair enough. I can pay that uh, without any problem just to play around. Um, well, that's pretty good. But imagine if you're, uh, you're like an elevator company and you're using all these... IOT sensors for uh, different things, right? So yeah. you have perhaps hundreds of sensors. Um, you know, a couple of hundred dollars, you know, in corporate invoicing land is not going to break the bank, I would imagine. However, it's good to be aware of it because there's plenty of uh, users out there, corporations and organizations that are definitely what we refer to as at scale. Yeah. So it could impact them a little bit. And that is, and that is some device that 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 this doesn't even go on that path. So, for example, the example that they mentioned that they mentioned on this update was, for example, the scenarios of of fleet management. So, exactly. those ones you are not constantly sending like like a factory that you are constantly sending uh, information, right? It's basically like, oh, we had the delta over here, send the message. Oh, everything it's okay. So we don't need to send a message in this case. And if you have lower messages, right? Uh, it makes totally sense to not paying for that. 5,000, yeah, probably makes sense for those 
manufacturing devices that you mm -hmm. have uh, um, on your floor plant, right? And that's a very interesting uh, with a few updates we're talking about when we talk about Azure Digital Twins that you can have all of those smart appliances like for example the fridge that it's like basically uh, putting like oh you are below temperature or uh, something like that that just sends a few message you don't need to pay the tier one that is the minimum right um, so I, I worry about smart fridges, to be honest, because uh, I don't like my personal data kind of uh, in third party hands a whole lot. I like to stick things either within Microsoft or within Google, kind of keep it in the first party ownership. And what concerns me about that is I do need reminders for when I'm out of milk or strawberries because my smoothies, uh, they just don't taste right when it's only a banana. <laughs> But I, I thought that your device was your wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, she just keeps me in line in general. Absolutely. <laughs> but because you, know, you you are right though, because a lot of, like a lot of devices, like the smart fridges, they're going to send maybe a couple messages a week. Yeah. Um, you're not going to hit five thousand a year. Uh, maybe if you're using it in a, a corporate, uh, like a a, a a restaurant kitchen implementation, then you'll have a bigger impact. But, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's yeah, it's interesting, right? So uh, I really liked the uh, the IoT plug and play for um, Azure IoT Central. I think that's actually kind of uh, again, it's a small little announcement that they sneak in with a one sentence, but it's a big impact, right? Because yeah. now we don't have to do the join operation and point it. It's plug and play. It absolutely, and that's the part that I like about that is 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 that plug plug and play, right? So moving on to the another one, um, and this one, it's kind of interesting, uh, is now we have a new series, the HGB V2 series uh, for the high performance computing, now mm -hmm. available with our friends uh, at UAE. Un Absolutely. Unif uh, United uh, uh, Arab, Arab Emirates. Emirates. Yes, thank you. Uh, on North Region. So, and this is good because this is, we've been talking a lot about, about the evolution of Azure, the evolution of data centers regarding this. And now they are able to have all of these series of virtual machines now on that region. So we're talking mm -hmm. about, just to give a recap, um, talking about the AMD, in this case, virtual machines. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that another day I was looking, if you are a, a gaming or if you like games computer and high performance personal computer, they say that the there is a lot of criticism regarding Intel and around Intel that they are not growing, especially on the PCI uh, 3.44 uh, that they mm -hmm. are doing. And um, they are not evolving much. Apparently they have some problems with their processors and Skylake it's been good, but the new version, it's not being as as stable as possible. And AMD yeah. just catch catch a train. Uh, well, we, we don't want to pick on Intel too much because they've given us a lot over the years for sure. But no, I, I have everything Intel out. on me. I, I'm not saying I'm not picking up. I'm just using no, this well, the reason, but the because reason it was that. surprised for me, right? You see, I'm qualifying it because the re the reason I say I don't want to pick on them is that I'm going to pick on them. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
so I, you know, Intel, uh, like you said, they've had some problems with the Skylake architecture, right? But, yeah. Um, remember, they've had a couple of uh, core code level compromises over the last couple of years, and uh, it's been difficult for them. Uh, Microsoft has had to partner with them, and uh, Windows OS has put patches to mitigate some of those processor level threats yeah. with the processor code. And there is no fix for at least one that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, it could be different, uh, could be patched by now. I haven't seen a big release from Intel for it though, but I think, uh, as you know, if you have a situation where you have a piece of hardware like a processor and you have the firmware like the processor code, uh, when you can't patch it as a company, uh, the news releases really kind of run wild with it and it damages reputation. Yes. It's difficult. And that's why I say I don't want to pick on Intel because I don't want to jump on that pile. That's not my intention. Uh, I just want to point out AMD has had faster recovery from their uh, issues uh, because we all have issues. You know, we find different vulnerabilities as time goes on in systems, hardware, software, all of these things. Uh, the key is how fast can it be patched and uh, keep the evolution moving ahead, right? Yeah. So uh, in this case, AMD has come out on top right now. And uh, I think this one was cool because this uh, HBV2 series, it talked about uh, the virtual machines uh, having 340 gigs per second of memory bandwidth. And it's 66% uh, higher than the other x86 CPU alternatives. So uh, the other alternatives as in available in the Azure data center. So yeah. uh, this one has, uh, how many uh, how many cores can you have in this one? I didn't see that. Uh, I did see it can have 480 gigs of RAM and 400, it has 480 meg of uh, L3 cache. If I'm not mistaken, it's 120, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So, is it 120? Okay. Some, yeah. oh, some, I, some, oh, I see there. Yeah, you're right. The article does mention 120 AMD Epic uh, and then the series uh, CPU cores. Yeah. Yep. That's a lot. That's a lot of cores and that's a lot of RAM. Oh, yeah. yeah it's oh. going to be useful if you want to play Minecraft, for example. That requires <laughs> a lot of compute, a lot of RAM, right? Or even... Minecraft is more cool than people think, right? It's not just for uh, no. young whippersnappers, right? It's for guys <laughs> like us and girls and everybody. Right? It's for everyone. It's for everyone. Absolutely. It's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And I know Microsoft has a really cool uh, learn to code program that they sponsor uh, for geared at children, but um, using Minecraft uh, as the playground for it. Really. It's, and... not, it's not only for learning code. Uh, I found that if you're going on on um, on uh, on the Minecraft education, you have about uh, engineering, you have about science, you have about oh, a oh, lot of things. Vastly. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And and that's the part that I like. Probably should do like a an Azure on 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 Minecraft. I say oh. let's do it. Let's do it. let's do a special Minecraft episode. I'll I'll get my uh, my son on who's an avid Minecraft fan. <laughs> maybe, Should we maybe get our sons to... in this case to talk about Azure or yeah. Minecraft on Azure? Maybe we maybe we give the kids an episode. <laughs> I think that's a cool idea. I know both of our sons are pretty uh, into Minecraft, right? Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So moving on, private link support for Azure automation. It's not GA. So it comes to our hearts, automation, right? And again, private link 
it's 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 already been there for a few uh, months already. They announced that a lot of a lot of uh, I think it was last year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and now we're starting to see ev almost every uh, episode of this podcast. We saying that now private link supports this. Last week was regarding, if I'm not mistaken, regarding SQL. Mm -hmm. um, now it's Azure Automation. So we're starting to see that private link. So private link, if you are here for the first time, is nothing more than the way that you can secure your virtual network or access to the to the services, the public services that Azure have through uh, your private link. In this case, through either your VPN, Express route, uh, be able not to going from outside. Because there are a lot of services that they are public, right? Um, and all of those services, usually they, are, they can come, you can go to the internet to access those. So, for example, one of them is our, one of my, my favorite features of Azure, it is ASR, uh, or Azure Site Recovery. Um, and that is a public service. So, by public service, I don't need any virtual or VPN from on-prem to go to Azure uh, to, go, to have anything. But if I want to have private link for, for example, uh, Azure SQL database, um, now I can. I can only reach from my internal network. Uh, and that's pretty cool to have automation. So they mentioned something that, um, I don't know if you already test this, but I didn't. It's one of the things I want to try to test is with DSC. I have a lot of, of customers that they are using DSC, that is PowerShell Desired State Configuration, that mm -hmm. basically it just grabs the configuration, especially on new VMs, uh, on new workloads that you have, and now you can do it internally, right? Yeah, so um, I have not tested this specifically, but uh, based on the description here, it's going to work really well. Because with private link, of course, uh, it gives that private IP on your private customer VNet. Yeah. And uh, if you have a DNS mapping uh, for the UPN, then uh, away you go. Because now DSC can pull it. And even if your IP changes, no problem, right? But it's all internal now. So you can really link together um, a lot of automation activities that we used to have kind of segmented uh, within the Azure space, right? Yeah. And it's bringing, it's bringing things closer together and making them more in reach. Yeah, because Azure Automation, um, I don't know if you are familiar or not, but it's not only for Azure World. You can do Azure Automation uh, on-prem as well on what's called the hybrid. So, yeah. and that's the part that is interesting because if you have something inside, right, that you are running what's called the agent, or uh, in this case on the hybrid uh, part of it of Azure Automation, now you, you don't need to go through the public one, you need to go internally. So you don't need to open kind of more doors or more firewalls. So our friends of the security will be very happy with this update. Because now Absolutely. you are you are not you don't need to go outside, you can go uh, just internally, just using your VNet, your Express Route, anything that you are using to just connecting the both worlds, right? And that's the beauty of it. Even, and that's the part that I found interesting while I was reading this and I was 
looking a little bit more in depth is even if you are on Azure and if you have 100% on Azure, right, with the private link, you don't need to go outside to come back again. Exactly. Yeah. So this is kind of all, uh, I think uh, you remember this article that was a two-parter. It was a little on the big side and really big, right? It was, it was a huge announcement about keeping routing with ISPs yeah. internal, doing everything they can. So one of the key points in this article is keeping all traffic inside Microsoft Azure backbone network. Yeah. And this again, just continuous steps of improvement. It's really a full CI model across the whole thing. The whole of Azure is a one big uh, continuous improvement model. And that's what these incremental changes are. So, uh, you know, I'm going to stay away from the theories. I keep thinking about Kanban, but uh, let's stay out of manufacturing today. <laughs> Why is that? Why? <laughs> uh, because little changes make big results, Marcos. That's why. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely about that, my friend. Absolutely. So this one, this news or this update, it's, it's a nice one. Uh, so Google recently announced that starting in the next year, um, they will uh, embed the WebView support. Uh, in this case, will be depreciated. So it means that it goes away. Yep. So what does that mean for us that we are working with Azure? And in this case, what this uh, announcement by Google will affect us, uh, Andrew? Well, yeah, so this is kind of uh, tucked away, but it's definitely a big identity thing, right? So exactly. um, if you're a B2B collaboration customer and you're using a Google account to authenticate in Azure Active Directory, it's going to stop working if you're using the WebView sign-in. So uh, you're going to have to use a different type. There's lots of options. I suggest you go into the article, click the read the documentation, and uh, figure it out for your customer needs, your operations needs. Um, and every business is gonna be different, which is why I'm kind of generalizing and I'm steering away from a recommendation here because it's going to be very personalized, has to be customized for each uh, organization yeah. for how they move forward from this. But it's, uh, I think they've made, uh, I've only seen actually one other announcement about this coming up um, maybe a, a few months ago, um, and it predated our podcast being a weekly uh, a weekly thing. So this one's kind of uh, coming out of the blue a little bit, and it's a short notice. So it is important that if you have B two B integrations with uh, Google Sign On, that you take a look at it uh, because it's coming up January four. So you have, according to my calendar, I think two two and a half weeks to uh, get that sorted. So uh, there are paths out of it uh, and certainly um, guest invites uh, is a good way to kind of help deal with that and get them to use a different uh, sign-on method. Um, but yes, so it's important to know uh, business impact uh, is gonna be interesting to see as we come through the start of January with this one. Yeah, and, and, and the interesting part of this is they announced with a very little window right uh like yeah. two or three weeks before um, exactly and so for... i think there was an announcement like a long time ago 
but it was like the same kind of thing. It was like, hey, here's a heads up. And then all of a sudden again, now it's kind of two and a half weeks out, right? Yeah. But I think this is in uh, kind of, it's a telling of the relationship between Google and Microsoft. They partner for a lot of things, but they're competitors, guys. So uh, they're not going to always play super friendly and they're not going to help each other <laughs> a whole heap. Um, but uh, again, at least we get a little bit of notice. It's not like next week or something right at Christmas. <laughs> we do have New Eve to get this one sorted. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's, it's going to be, let's see, um, it's going to be problematic for this because um, talking about identity, talking about... Uh, do I get authenticate? So, uh, arrives yeah, so arrives January fourth, or in this case January fifth. You are coming out of vacations and everything else, and everything that you're supposed to have working, now suddenly it doesn't stop working. Uh, exactly. So I'll, I'll make an invitation here. So if one, uh, if any of our listeners um, want to hear about some of the paths out of this to uh, migrate away from the Google Web View uh, sign-in support. Um, we can throw together like a quick 10, 15 minute where we go over what the options are and we talk about uh, maybe even how to do the changeover kind of at a high level, yeah. right? So we'll stop short of doing the actual consulting gig for you, but uh, <laughs> we will <laughs> present the options <laughs> so you know uh, what to do. So mm -hmm. if, if you need help with this, um, you know, go to Azure Centric uh, and comment on this. I think YouTube channel will, uh, is a really good spot. It is. And then... Um, you know, let us know and we'll, we'll put together a quick podcast. We can do that for you uh, over the holidays. Or if you want, you can scream for help. If you are close to us, we might hear. Uh, but the best way is just leave the comment below on the YouTube channel or just, just um, tweet us or email us. Uh, we, we are very friendly. We don't bite. At least I don't. I don't know about Andrew. <laughs> Not hard. No. <laughs> <laughs> Not hard. That's good. <laughs> I should I shouldn't say that. Yeah. I'm sure somebody's gonna. Yeah, we'll have comments more about that one. Than the, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yes, that's okay. That's okay. So uh, you want to talk a little bit about uh, API management's named values integration with Azure Key Vault? Well, um, why not? You're a big fan of Azure Key Vault. I am. I I, I am, and it's starting to see that is good. This because now. I can have name values. I don't need to just go there and to apply, uh, in this case, all of those things about Azure Key Vault. And, and especially if you are doing automation, this is your best friend, Azure Key Vault. Because right. you just put there all, all your uh, credentials and from the scripts, you just call it. And now you can have name values. So it will help exactly. us identify what we are calling. <laughs> yeah. So I was talking with somebody this week and they asked me, well, uh, you know, tell me, tell me about how you, you uh, get a key from Key Vault. And I was actually caught off guard by the question because uh, I, well, you make the call and you get the key and, you know, the policy defines if you're able to call it from, you know, what you are, where you are with your credentials. Uh, I'm thinking you get the key out of the key vault by calling it and it returns the key for you and then you use that for authentication usually. So uh, I was confused by it and uh, I remember the, the fellow said, okay, well, yeah, it sounds like you know about it. And I'm thinking, 
well, I've used it. <laughs> I sure hope I know about it. Yes. <laughs> so it, it's interesting because it's easy to use. Uh, and that's, I, I think, the key, right? So you talk about automation. Um, remember uh, last week, we talked about that crazy list and we had to validate it because I have a piece of automation running uh, that gives us the list of Azure news. And um, it actually does use a key vault in my Azure tenant. Yeah. And uh, it, I never even thought twice about it. Uh, it just, you put the credentials into key vault and then you call them and it's so easy. Uh, so yes, go out, use it, use the things, but it's important to remember that one's in preview, right? Oh yeah, yeah! I almost forgot about that. The yeah, preview. we didn't give our uh, our high and mighty preview speech yet this week. No, we so, we were Marco. So... Tell me, I'm using something in my testing tenant for our little email that gives us lists of uh, RSS feeds. But should I put that in my production tenant uh, since I'm going to use these named values in my Azure Key Vault? Uh, if it's in preview, you shouldn't, uh, because. Oh. Then, yeah, I think we covered that for the past since the beginning of the podcast series. But here he goes again. Don't deploy things. <laughs> it's important. Again, this week, I did see another client that had a preview uh, feature yeah. in production. Yeah. And uh, yes, they, they did sign up for a 10 minute get your coffee because Andrew's going to lecture you for a while. Yes. But. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it, that's okay. It, it, it's okay. It stops working. <laughs> at at least we are not alone, right? We always get we always get some of those nice emails from and nice emails, phone calls, and everything from our customers and from our. I don't I don't call customers I call friends uh, because they are my friends. Um, and well, absolutely right. And so it's a way the, that that you can great communicate. Features it is, and they start using them. And they get excited about them. And that's what we want. We want to get everyone, we want to get you listening to us today excited about these new features coming yeah. out. So do use them. Just be aware when it's yeah. in preview. Absolutely. There's some rules. They are. I'll, I'll, I'll relax. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we should. We should. It's weekend, so we should relax. That's <laughs> true. So let's talk about expanding azure so now vmware um that's a very interesting one so the azure vmware solution is available now on the region of uk south and east japan or japan east yeah that's a big one right yeah. i know uh, i can't say i have any japanese clients but i've uh, definitely spoken with a few people in uk and that's a big deal for that to become available yeah. in uk south yeah it is and if you yeah. are not familiar with Azure VM solution, it's basically imagine that by the name, uh, what they want to achieve with this is you can uh, you can extend your VMware solution to Azure. But then, the, but then you may ask, but I already listened to your podcast and you say that Azure is based on Hyper-V. Yes, it is. Uh, mm -hmm. But this is the way that you can have VMware, okay, uh, as a host, in this case, for your virtual machines that you have uh, to extend your solution to Azure, especially if you want to um, extend your VMware platform 
um, to the cloud. Well, it gives more scalability, yeah, right? It does. Because a lot of clients uh, that use VM, uh, VMware, sorry, um, do have large clusters. And uh, it's everything from kind of medium business to large enterprise. So, uh, you know, we talk a lot about scalability and really what VMware means for Azure usage is you can scale it up really quickly. Yeah. So you have growth, you have unplanned growth or emergencies like this whole uh, COVID pandemic, right? Yeah. So a lot of medical and research companies have been extending their reach into the cloud very rapidly and using a lot of Azure compute for research calculations and things. Um, yeah. So it's really important that uh, Microsoft partner with these companies, and they have, and they continue to grow those partnerships. But what it also means is when difficult times hit and things change, and I think of our kind of our Western natural resources sector, and they need to scale operations down a little bit, they can also do that because they have on-prem, they, they have cloud, and they have that true hybrid. So it's really, it's being inclusive of the VMware technology that's so extensively used in enterprise today, not just Hyper-V. Now yeah. that said, of course, every, every time uh, I go in uh, at a new client site, I'm always looking uh, about, okay, explain why you're in VMware. And I hear a lot about long-term contracts and good salespeople. <laughs> and that's great. It's a fantastic product. Yes, you know, we it use is. it all the time. I use a lot. Um, I, I use a lot. Hyper-V yeah. has no additional licensing overhead. No. And uh, it has almost the exact same feature sets. Yeah. We just manage them differently, right? So. Exactly. And these are uh, Azure VMware solution. It will help if they want to migrate as well to the cloud without mm -hmm. re-architecting, without using any other tool that they are not familiar, especially, for example, if you are new at Azure, uh, with Azure Site Recovery that you need to deploy, something to convert those VMs into Hyper-V, something like that. Uh, and that's how we used to have to do it, right? Yeah. It was ASR. Yes, yeah. with ASR. So this will allow them to just uh migrate without any cost without the effort or risk of re-architecting the solution uh, mm -hmm. and became because if you move with air sar you have a downtime it's it's small but you have yeah. a downtime uh by so there's, there's also a bigger overhead with asr yes uh when you have vmware because you have to have um you have to have the standalone box uh and then you have to have the agents and uh, sync up your vCenter and you have to do all the things. Yeah. Um, now that said, once it's up, it runs like butter. It's just amazing. Uh, it just works. But the setup is a little bit more. So when you uh, partner with, when you use the partner relationship with VMware and Azure, it is less work and it's easier. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to more um, IoT stuff, Azure, Digital Twins, it's now in GA. So now you so, can use in production. Perfect, because when we were uh, reviewing the articles for what we include, uh, I said, Marcos, tell me more about Digital Twins, because I know a little bit about what they say in the news releases, but I haven't got to work with it. And it's kind of a big deal, right? So I'll ask it, Marcos, what is Digital Twins? Good question, uh, Andrew. <laughs> 
So yes, and, and I apologize to anybody who doesn't actually know both of us because <laughs> we fall around a little bit like this. Yes, uh, all the time. Yes, absolutely. But that that's a very good question because I think I've been mentioned these these uh, agile digital twins for a few podcasts, and mm -hmm. I always forgot that uh, you that you are listening this you might not understand uh, what is or have a clear picture of Agile Twins. So I'm trying to be brief over here and not to kind of starting to dissertate about this, but basically, basically Agile Twins, you see like, for example, the best scenario I can give you, it's, it's a building, right? And on a building, even if you have your floor plants or even if you have your AutoCAD 3D plants, it's just the building, right? Digital Twins is nothing more than accumulate that with your IoT world means that your sensors coming to life on your building. So now with the sensors, you can see, for example, where the elevator is, which floor it is. Uh, you can starting to see the temperature um, of certain um, elements of, of the elevator uh, and a lot of those things. So it's basically bring those floor plants into a digital world that you can have, for example, with AutoCAD 3D, but associate that with IoT. So means that you're bringing those devices into life and you are placing those devices and the information that you are capturing for those devices into a floor plan. So now you can literally see what's going on. So it's been, yeah. it's been usually... Um, heavily used on manufacturings, on buildings, on on stadiums, just to see a lot of those, try to see a lot of those things, and cities especially. There is a very cool video about that, um, that, that they, they mentioned just to give an idea, but brings those building blocks into more uh, reality. It's more like, I always like to associate this, uh, I'm, I'm a huge movie fan, um, to the Minority Report. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. That he does, oh, sure. he does that. My favorite part is when he has the interactive screen where he's bringing things in and out and up and down. And I thought that was really cool. And we're kind of a little bit on the edge of that now, I think, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, remember those, those cameras, the part that I want to bring is remember those cameras that you have inside of the building that when he enters uh it just basically knows that is him and mm -hmm. he kind of uh give like the advertisement directly to him say hey uh marcos welcome to the store again last time you were here you were doing this but now imagine not on that perspective imagine more on the perspective that you are managing the building and you can see the person going Okay, tracking inside of that three um, D plan that you built on on AutoCAD, for example, right? Mm -hmm. So that's that's the part that I like about digital twins. It's a very, it's it's a new world. It's a totally new world that's coming, and finally, yeah. it's become GA. Exactly. Yeah. So when you explained this for me, where where the light really went on for me was it's the convergence of multiple IOT things. So it's bringing together kind of that schematic yeah. of drawing. Now that can be 
um, an engine. And by the way, if Microsoft is actually listening this deep into our podcast, cool. <laughs> but, but, Welcome. Um, you know, a missed opportunity on the Digital Twins uh, marketing page because there's no buildings in there. Uh, you talk about engines and other things, but uh, we didn't see any videos or any references for buildings. Um, and that was kind of the simplest explanation to share with everyone, uh, like you said, right? But it's bringing together that, that spatial area, the graph of it, the 3D drawing, and then the IoT sensors, but also putting the bodies in there, the people. Yeah. And I really like how you described it because it is how humans interact with the IoT technology inside that drawing. Yeah. And uh, that's really powerful. And I'm actually surprised I haven't seen that at a couple different clients that I deal with because I think they would really benefit from that. And uh, I'm going to actually go educate myself uh, over the holidays. I'm going to learn more about digital twins because I think that uh, there's some people out there using Azure that may not know about digital twins and it could represent uh, you know, a new area for them to yeah. become better at what they do. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and and that's, that's the beauty of it, right? So moving on to the next update is, is one of them uh, that is Python. Now with durable functions, support in Azure function becomes GA. Uh, so Azure Functions becomes even more powerful with durable functions. Uh, in this case, uh, with Python durable functions, right? Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yep. More flexibility. Um, there's a lot of really smart Python programmers out there. And this is another way to make Azure Functions more powerful and more flexible for our automation needs. Yeah. And again, you know, here we are talking about uh, automation, right? Yeah. So more growth in that area. And I, I expect to see a lot more in the new year as well. Yeah, absolutely. And even Python, it's not my the, my language of of choice. Uh, it's good to know that they are increasing all of this and you have way more, way more ways to develop those Azure functions. And now this mm -hmm. become this became GA, right? Um, and I know that we didn't go deep enough, but um, this is it's because we're not Python programmers. Yes, really. exactly. Uh... <laughs> and I will never test this to be very honest. And I apologize for for the for you that you are listening. Um, but yeah, uh, um, I just want to bring that that up. That's really uh, the key of this is is it's not only .NET and everything else. They, they you can have way more things regarding Azure Functions, and that's the part that I want to bring. Moving on to the other one and a little bit more with, with uh, it's related to IoT, but it's not only to IoT as well, is now Microsoft increased the limit uh, of the support reference data up to five gigs. Uh, yeah, for Azure Stream Analytics, Azure right? Stream so Analytics, that, yeah. That impacts uh, Data Lake and SQL, I know for sure. Yeah, um, and block storage. More. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it changes it from 300 megs to five gigs for the reference size. Wow. Uh, that's, a, that's a really big uh, big change. Big update, uh, yeah. Yeah, I would have expected maybe to see a one gig as a stepping stone. Um, but this one's right into GA, right? Yeah. So uh, this is available now in production. Yeah. So you can you can literally start using this. And this is, this is really good because now... It, you don't need to to get more 
uh, and now five gigs of Azure Stream Analytics allows you to do a lot of things um, that you were not allowed to do before, right? Absolutely, yeah. So reference data size, uh, 300 meg is pretty limiting, especially when we think about data lake, um, even, you know, SQL really, yeah. uh, and blob storage, I guess. But, uh, you know, any, any queries that you're gonna pull as a reference data, uh, typically, um, the bigger, the more better. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's the third time I've said that today. <laughs> <laughs> bigger, more better. Okay. The, exactly. I, yeah, why not? Why yeah. not? Exactly. So good segue for the next one. Uh, it's a private preview. Okay. Um, that, or this case, not private, sorry, public preview on Azure Stream Analytics that now they... Uh, support they have additional support for manage identity right so cool to see that uh, Azure Stream Analytics they are moving forward with a lot of good stuff doing do you want to explore a little bit more Andrew um, I'm actually kind of good on this one for the most part um, mainly because it's still uh, it's still preview. in uh, public pr uh, pu uh, public Preview. There we go. My goodness. <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know. Putting public preview. I'm not. I'm not really sure what was going on there. Um, but uh, it, it's going to support um, the managed identity model, right? So yeah. uh, really, it just means that uh, no matter how you're going in, if it's a managed identity, uh, you can manage it as service-to-service -service credentials, and uh, you're going to be able to access, you know, many kinds. There's like uh, I think four or five uh, definitions in there, and there are points in this um, news release. And uh, I think for me, it was important to know that event hubs input and output was in there. Yes. Uh, because typically you're going to use those uh, service accounts uh, with managed identities, right? And, uh, you know, a lot of service accounts are going to touch data coming in and out of event hubs primarily, uh, at least in my world. And um, I've been working a lot uh, lately with um, log analytics workspace, but uh, event hubs are really freaking cool things. Yes. And uh, you can process data right in uh, inside the VNet um, when the firewall is enabled for that. Um, uh, you know, that's kind of a big deal because it's going to make it faster. It's uh, less hop. You don't have to move the data over, right? Yeah. And the part that I like about that is the part of the customer storage account as well. So because uh, you have the storage account that uh, it's now it's supported with managed identity. And, and that's the part that, especially on Azure Stream Analytics, that you need some kind of way to pull that, that data from. Uh, usually uh, a lot of times uh, you use the storage account and, and 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 all of that to just pull that data from right and, exactly. or to insert that data on and now you can you can use it with managed entities uh, exactly yeah and when we combine this with private link um, for the storage accounts that was out a couple of weeks ago yeah um, this now becomes all internal to on your vnet right so there's no no egress uh, kind of going out and back into the subscription again right absolutely 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 so moving on to the to the one that's probably uh, is going to be one of the cool ones is um, at least for everyone that is listening is like now uh, we have five more 
free services that will be available on Azure free account. So what yeah, for 12 months free. It's yeah, for 12 months when you're signing, right? So the good thing about this is if you are listening to the podcast and you already reached this this time at the podcast, um when you open or when you create a free Azure account, uh you have last time I checked it was 200 bucks, right? Uh, uh well in in Canadian I think, yeah. It's like uh, I think it's like 150 or to 200 Canadian. It is. Yeah, talking yeah. about about Canadian dollars. They run the yeah. world, right? We run the world. Well, when we go, we, you know, we put these things on YouTube. Who knows? Um, you know, we could be talking about euros, right? So we, I just wanted to say Canadian. That's all. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Point taken. <laughs> so I'm sorry to interrupt. You were telling us about uh, Azure's for, uh, uh, yeah. early so, Christmas present. So <laughs> it's a, a Christmas all year in this case, right? Because... <laughs> Because it's only a week away, Marcos. I'm sorry, I've got Santa on the brain. I, I, I have, I have no problem with that. Uh, I'm looking forward for to see what's going on or what Santa going to bring me this year. We have to talk about this after the podcast as well because uh, I do have a special Christmas sweater, and I think our next recording date fall uh, falls awfully close to Christmas. Yes, and uh, we need we need to talk about what we're going to wear. Yeah. But don't don't spoil that for the next one. Okay. <laughs> Talking about, let's go back to Azure Free. I think everyone wants to listen about this. It's it's like the Azure Free account is the account that when you go to the portal, you have that big button over there. Say uh, try now, and you can open an account, um, mm -hmm. uh, and you can open a subscription, and you have free. You have some amount depending on where you are listening to us <laughs> <laughs> some amount that is free that you can spend is nothing <laughs> that you can spend <laughs> on your first month okay but after that that the, that the month is gone or if you spend everything on the first day it depends mm -hmm. on the way that you want to experience you still can go go you can still go on with that account because you have 12 months of free service right and right. and there are lots of free service i highly recommend you to just going there and and click on the link and just search it because there are a lots of, of free service that you can do it so i know that you have a very small vm that you can run uh, especially if you are linux and if you have a website i know that for example if you want to host your your i used to host that my wordpress blog there you can do it for free um, for example, um, and those are the parts of what's called the 12 months uh, free services, okay, uh, when, you, when you sign up. Although what they are doing is they are adding five more services into this package. So service bus, VPNs gateways, that is huge. For me, this is, I love that part. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? VPN gateway free, free. for a year yeah. on your Azure account. Yeah. That, to me, that's crazy. It's crazy because now uh, I, I used to pay for my VPN and now it's free. And I have my lab connected to Azure and now I can be whatever I want to have that continuously going on, on, on Azure uh, without doing anything. Load balancers. Of course, not all, all the load balancers, 
But load balancers... But some of them, probably the, the entry-level yes. model for load balancer, yeah. I'm thinking. Container registry and archive storage. Oh, my God. That was a big one. That one gets me excited. I'm a big supporter of tiered storage, hot, cold archive, right? Yes. So uh, it saves us a lot of money overall when we're using files in the Azure storage space. Yeah. Uh, it's important that we find those savings wherever they're hiding oh, in, our, in, in our infrastructure, right? Especially, especially for us that we are that we are technical, right? And we want to leverage. I have a lot of photos of my kids and 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 photos of mine that I use as a cold storage. Uh, I I have a SA, uh, NAS in, in my house that I want to access directly, right? But usually, what I do is, if I want to just store those. I are archiving those on, on Azure. So what I'm going to see with this, uh, and that's the part that I want to end this, 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 um, is all of this service is going to be free. So I will see a reduce of my, of my billing um, mm -hmm. regarding those free services. And that is awesome uh, to, oh, see, to see that. So I just, I did bring it up and I want to say um, you get, the the linux virtual machines free for 12 months it's the b1s and it's free for 12 months with 750 hours of burstable standard b1s instance yeah um that's kind of a big deal because i know in my own uh testing uh tenants i usually use like i think it's a dsv2 and yeah. uh that costs me like uh three dollars a day or something to run that vm canadian. when it's doing like Azure dollars canadian. or something yeah in canadian dollars yeah. uh too because uh, i have someone that... related to the canadian pesos yes <laughs> <laughs> yes for sure so sadly we arrive at the end of our podcast uh, we have. Yeah. uh and, and it's been an amazing uh, another week a lot of good uh, awesome news about about azure a lot of updates regarding that. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, please do not forget to give a thumbs up. Uh, we really need your support. Uh, subscribe the channel. Uh, subscribe the podcast. Um, just put the ring if you are listening from, from the YouTube channel. Uh, if you are doing from, from uh, the other podcasts, either SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, Google or Apple. Now it's so many that I I, I have to count, so, right? So now you're you're on Apple Podcasts as well, right? You can find Azure Centric in uh, iTunes, I think, right? iTunes and on Google as well. And That's awesome. On Spotify and on SoundCloud. We are yeah, all over the it. world, my friend. You're you're global, baby. We are yes, <laughs> we are like Azure. <laughs> <laughs> it's a you know I've I've been really uh, I know you said at the start but I really have been very uh, you know honored uh, I feel really special and humbled um, by all of the feedback and yeah. all of the likes and shares that we've been getting and I think it's really cool there's been a little bit of talk about our podcast and uh, you know it's our chance to give back to the Azure community we've learned lots we yeah. certainly uh, uh, we of course use Bing we search the heck out of uh, Azure things when we get in a bind. And there's lots of good articles from uh, all of our uh, cohorts in Azure across the world. So, you know, thank you so much. I just wanted to say thank you because uh, it's 
the Christmas season. And I'm feeling very grateful for all of these good things in my life. And I appreciate being able to share, not just with you, Marcos, but with the community as well. So thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, one of more episodes of Azure Centric, in this case, the weekly uh, Azure updates. And I hope that I can see you next week as well on the next episode. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to like and to share with this. So thank you so much for uh, listening to the podcast.